Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to this special Five Star Wines and Wine Without Walls series on wine, food and travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. For the next weeks, we will be focusing on a dozen trophy-winning wineries from the competitions that took place in Verona at the start of Vinitali in early April. The winning wines are without doubt some of the very best that Italy has to offer. What I'm most interested in discovering are the stories behind the bottles, learning about the wines themselves, of course, and also about the people who make them, where they're from, what they eat, how they live. It's a fascinating journey that will take us all across Italy, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. In this special five-star wines and wine without walls edition, I'm delighted to shine a spotlight on the wine estate of Monte Capone, in the heart of Le Marche's beautiful Castelli di Esi. Monte Capone is just one in miglior vino biodinamico for its Verdicchio di Castelli di Esi ergo at the prestigious competition that just took place in Vinitali in April. My guest today is Mauro Napoli, who joins me from Iesi to tell me about the estate and the area. Ciao, Mauro. Many congratulations on this wonderful award, and thanks for being my guest today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Uh, thank you for, uh, for having me, and hello, everybody. We are delighted to achieve this award, and uh, thank you for the invitation. This competition was really uh, an important uh, uh, challenge, and we are glad to be part of, uh, of this with you all guys that are uh, wine lovers and wine professionals. Thank you. Great. Thanks. It's great to have you here. Now, the aim of this podcast, what I really like to do is to share with our listeners the stories behind the award-winning bottles. So first of all, um, I'd like our listeners to gain an impression of, of where you are, what's so special about the Castelli di Esi and, and its wine hills. The Castelli di Esi, it's uh, uh, somehow a, a special place. Uh, because uh, uh, the market region where the Castelli di Iesi uh, are located is in the central Italy. There, uh, the, this region is overlooking the Adriatic Sea uh, to the east uh, and uh, uh, the central Apennines to the west. 30% of the territory is uh, made by mountains and the remaining uh, is divided between hills that are stretching uh, gently towards the, the coastline. Uh, there's a lot of story there since the pre-Roman age, uh, including for the, the viticulture. Uh, there are a lot of beautiful uh, cities uh, with uh, full of um, history from the medieval period, the Renaissance, the Baroque. So there's there are really a lot of spots, a lot of places where you go, and it is really amazing. There are also wonderful coastlines, uh, including uh, Sirolo and Numana. Really beautiful, beautiful. And then 
in addition to that, it is very less crowded. So it is a really authentic and enjoyable any time of the year. Yeah, it's a beautiful area, an area I really love myself. Uh, these Castelli di Esi, these small hilltop towns, often topped by a castle or a fortress, as you say, going back to the medieval period. And everything sort of within hand, you can get up to the mountains for where it's cooler in the summer for walking, and then that beautiful Adriatic coastline. And both of those come into gastronomy as well, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Mauro, can you tell me a little bit about the Monte Capone wine estate, a little bit about the history and the background of this uh, family estate? The Monte Capone winery uh, was uh, started in the 60s in, uh, in, in Yezi. And uh, since 97, 1997, it was uh, uh, brought back from the family Bomprezzi Mirizzi, they started to uh, to enlarge the the winery that was pre-existing. Uh, then uh, now it now it passes two distinct realities, uh, both developed uh, uh, on the market yields uh, just outside Yezi, and both with uh, very high quality wine products that focus mainly on uh, Verdicchio and its incredible variations. Uh, on the one hand, the production with the historic Monte Capone was dated, dates back to the 60s. In 2015, uh, they had uh, um, a newborn company that is Mirizzi, uh, that is a, a smaller winery, uh, certified organic, uh, that with tenacity, perseverance, and innovative spirit have been successfully carrying on the family business for years and was the first company in the market region to be counted among the heroic viticulture pro, uh, producers. Uh, so mainly that uh, the motto is by limiting human intervention, we let, uh, we let nature talk. Uh, so basically the, the place where the winery is, uh, is uh, uh, in particular for uh, regarding uh, Mirizzi uh, winery, is in Morte Roberto. That is uh, uh, one of the villages that makes uh, up the castle of Yesi. Uh, so it is uh, a medieval uh, uh, town with a world center. You know, it is uh, in a particular place also because uh, uh, it is in the Vallesina Valley. So there's this river that uh, the, the name is Esino River. So Vallesina is the, the valley where this uh, uh, river is flowing. And this valley extends from the mountains towards the sea. And the result uh, for, for winemaking is... Uh, Incredible because uh, it is it has a mathematical marine influence, uh, a very good ventilation, and uh, brings also with uh, the quality of the soil uh, to a constant sapidity. So it is uh, really a, a perfect place to make viticulture. I mean, so it's a quite a distinct um, estate within the Monte Capone estate. It's a, a small privileged area with. Unique characteristics. Yes, it is very close because it is a few kilometers away from the Monte Capone estate, uh, where there are some fifty hectares, and uh, uh, the Mirizzi one is around uh, six, seven hectares. Okay, so very small. Yeah, it is very small, and it is also in a very interesting place because it is on the almost on the top of a hill, and uh, since it is an heroic viticulture. Uh, have in mind that um, it is w very well exposed uh, to um, for for the sun rays, an average slope uh, that is uh, 
33%. There are some, oh there are some points that, are, that we, we reach uh, up to 45%. Oh so my goodness. It is really something that is, it's not ordinary, okay? While the, the remaining part of the, uh, the, the estate of Monte Capone is, uh, okay, it is uh, always on, um, on the hills, so yeah, you have a, a slope, but it's not that, that big a slope for uh, Mirizzi. Well, that's really, really interesting, Mauro. And I just want to explain to our listeners what heroic viticulture really comprises, because we're really talking about, about unique uh, vineyards located all around Italy, but those that are deemed heroic are heroic for many, many reasons. Often the altitude, maybe the, the, the steepness of the slope, but places where it, it takes huge effort and will and dedication to carry on cultivating grapes because it's so labor intensive. So I'm imagining a slope of 40%. That's almost impossible even to walk up. That must be incredibly labor-intensive to work this special Mirizzi vineyard. Yes, I can confirm you that hiking up the, the slope is not that easy, but it is a wonderful experience because uh, you, uh, you see how uh, healthy is the quality of uh, uh, the, um, the, the wines. You know? uh, it is really impressive. For sure, it is, a really an, um, it is an art labor for uh, uh, for experiencing such a kind of a uh, viticulture, but it is something that requires really a lot of tenacity and perseverance, because uh, otherwise, uh, uh, you know, it is much more comfortable and relaxing in some in some in some ways uh, uh, to uh, uh, let the the wine, the vine grow in a, in a different place. But this is really an uh, astonishing place, uh, and the quality itself. Uh, speaks uh, for this kind of effort that uh, Miritz is doing. Well, yes, that's 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 the interesting point. Actually, ten- tenacity is a good word to use for this type of viticulture because it, it requires that belief. But it's it's wonderful then when that belief is rewarded with by you know a recognition such as the the best biodynamic wine at the Wine Without Walls competition. You mentioned earlier that the aim at Mirizzi is to have as little intervention as possible in order to let nature, to let the terroir express itself. Tell us a little bit about biodynamic farming in in the Mirizzi vineyard and what is involved, because again, that's a whole different system that even goes beyond organic farming. Yes, it is. Uh, in fact, the, the company, uh, the, the Mirizzi Winery, is uh, certified organic. Okay, so uh, basically, uh, what is the intervention on the soil uh, is really minimum. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, using particular uh, uh, instruments, you know, for um, agriculture. But in addition to that, uh, there are some practices that have been. Uh, that have been introduced uh, to convert into biodynamic viticulture. This is not a complete passage to uh, full and uh, biodynamic viticulture, but we are going towards this. So by adding uh, year after year some uh, uh, additional steps, because uh, it is very important on one side uh, to get the best quality possible for the quality of the grapes, uh, but at the same time also in terms of uh, uh, final taste, 
you know, also the aromaticity of the of the wine. So it is not being uh, completely done the passage to biodynamic viticulture, but there are a lot of practices that are being done. And uh, the result, uh, it is a production of crew or grand crew uh, that is really, really impressive since because of uh, also the place, uh, as I was telling you earlier, uh, that the heroic uh, organic viticulture on the slopes up to 45%, um, 300 meters above the sea level with a great ventilation. Uh, thermal, uh, thermical changes uh, during the old year uh, and finally, but so that's a contrast between night and day temperature, right? And then, last but not least, uh, it is a very little anthropized place. So this is a, a sort of additional guarantee of uh, uh, what the tenacity in developing such a experimentation during through the years uh, for reaching such a, a very high level uh, of quality of the wines. It does really. Uh, it has developed not only a pleasantness uh, in, uh, in the final results, but also a recognizability. So this is very, very interesting uh, practice that is being done. Uh, also, Monte Capone is, uh, however, it is not an organic certified producer, but the, uh, the quality of the agricultural practices that are being done with a continuous soil cultivation, fertilization, irrigation, and letting also the uh, the vines uh, uh, develop a large leaf walls uh, in order to maximize the sap. So this is an attention, a continuous attention to the, the quality of the, uh, not only of the practices for letting the vine grows, but also the my final aim is to get the best possible product uh, for making them the wines. Thank you for listening to Italian Wine Podcast. We know there are many of you listening out there, so we just want to interrupt for a small ask. Italian Wine Podcast is in the running for an award, the best podcast listening platform through the Podcast Awards, the People's Choice. Listener nominations is from July 1st to the 31st, and we would really appreciate your vote. We are hoping our listeners will come through for us. So if you have a second and could do this small thing for us, just head to italianwinepodcast.com from July 1st to the 31st and click the link. We thank you and back to the show. Well, let's talk about this special award-winning wine, Verdicchio de Castelli di Iesi Ergo, uh, this wine from the Merizzi estate that uh, has won this important award. Tell us about this wine. Now, you've explained that the fruit, the Verdicchio grapes, grown on this steep vineyard will have their own unique character. After the harvest, and I'm imagining that it's quite a low yield, after the grapes must be, of course, manually harvested, they come into the cantina. Tell us a little bit how the wine's made, what makes the wine so expressive of its terroir. Well, uh, I would I would start by uh, saying that Verticchio Ergo is a sort of primordial product that brings us back to the concept of peasant wine where uh, finesse and acidity are combined with uh, all the warmth of the grapes uh, uh, loaded with the aromatic baggage that are typical of a suitable territory, such as this one that is dedicated to Verdicchio. Uh, basically, uh, all starts with, uh, uh, okay, with an intensive uh, uh, attention to, uh, to the growth. 
uh, of the of the of the grapes, and these uh, then they are late harvested. So this is uh, uh, to bring the best possible condition to the uh, to the grapes uh, for uh, to develop the the whole aromas. Uh, starting from that, and then the end selection also helps to to get the very best from what is being produced by the by the by the by the plants. And then the vinification is being carried out in the, in the cellar with traditional methods. And um, the final result it is, uh, is really an, uh, an, impressible, an impressive uh, uh, pleasantness and recognizability of this wine because it has the old uh, features uh, in terms of bouquet, uh, in terms of taste uh, of, uh, of the verdicchio. But it is uh, also rich tropical fruit and citrus lashes that are sweetened by hints of honey and dried fruit. So the, the old result is uh, carried out while uh, starting the vinification, also with temperature control. This is needed in order to reduce the shock because during the, the period of harvesting, usually this operation starts uh, very early in the morning, between 6.30 and 7 a.m., and it goes up to 11 a.m. So there's a, a very short time for making this kind of uh, activity for the end selection and the end harvesting. And uh, to bring the, uh, the, the grapes to the winery, we use this kind of uh, uh, process that is, uh, that is bringing a sort of stabilization and, and reducing the shock, the thermical shock uh, to the grapes. So this is really an, um, an interesting uh, it is also interesting to see it, uh, what it has been done because there's a you see you see all the care and the love that is into this harvesting. It is really something that is uh, lovely, lovely. What I think I find particularly interesting, Mauro, is that um, at at the Medici estate and Monte Capone, you're using modern technology, you know, utmost modern technology to produce very natural wines. And in the case of Ergo, is it right that this wine uh, afterwards ages for some time in amphora? Yes, it is correct. In fact, the, the, the vinification is a traditional open-air vinification. And then using the indigenous yeasts, uh, the partial temperature control that I was turning you earlier, uh, and the fermentation and aging also needs some yeast. Uh, and the part of that has been done in amphora for a year and then in tonneau. Uh, so this helps uh, to develop such a round uh, complexity, uh, but it is also an, um, uh, the final result. It is also an happy wine. You know, it is uh, it is lively uh, and persistent in the acidity, uh, and it's a really perfect companion for uh, for the cuisine. And I know that this is a topic that is uh, interesting the most of the people is uh, is. Uh, here in our conversation. Well, let's turn to the cuisine, to the gastronomy of, of Le Marche and of the Castelli Diesi and, and how it um, goes so well with the wines of the region, of the area. Well, by, uh, by starting from the situation that Marche is between the sea and the mountains. So basically the cuisine, uh, it is, usually it is always a, an authentic cuisine from the most robust one with uh, meat to uh, all the, uh, the savors and, uh, and the tastes of the, of the sea. And then it is combined uh, with the tradition. 
and uh, one of uh, probably one of the most uh, uh, relevant uh, traditional and authentic cuisine uh, it is the Vinci's Grassi. Okay. That is a sort of lasagna, uh, but I would not say okay. It is just a, a, an adjective to explain to the people what is the Vinci's Grassi, what the Vinci's Grassi are. Uh, because it is similar to a lasagna, okay? So a layered pasta. Yeah, yeah, a layered pasta with five or six different kind of meat. Uh, and it is a very varied um, um, proportion. And uh, everywhere, every family uh, has its own uh, variation. And they're also safeguarding it. Uh, because sometimes uh, there, there are people that say, Okay, I will add also the bechamel. Some others say, no, 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 this is not the <laughs> right way. Get out the bechamel and um, proceed with the different. Some others, uh, uh, it has happened once that I have, uh, I was really uh, surprised of this uh, <laughs> to find also some eggs uh, in the Vinci's Grassi. So everybody is uh, adjusting and using it, the, the, the family, uh, the family tradition of this recipe. So it is, uh, but it is really an authentic and robust uh, um, dish. It is really wonderful. And with that, the Verdicchio is uh, one of, the, from, from my point of view, is one of the, uh, the most interesting pairing that you can get. That's really interesting because, um, as you say, every family has their own recipe and every family will say theirs is the best Verdicchio, verdicchio. We're really thinking with something rich like the Vinci's Grassi of that this fuller style of verdicchio that you're talking about, because verdicchio is such a versatile grape. You mentioned that in the beginning of our talk. Uh, there's so many different styles of verdicchio. With the lighter styles, for example, they would pair very well with that beautiful seafood from the Adriatic coast. Right, right, right. And in fact, there's a, this, this kind of wine, it is also one of the uh, most uh, important uh, white wines uh, in Italy uh, because it has um, a, a feature uh, of great intensity and structure uh, that is also able to develop uh, uh, with an evolutionary perspective. So during the years, uh, we have discovered that this wine, the Verdicchio, can bring also longevity. Uh, in fact, in the, uh, in the, in the Merizzi uh, production, you have Ergo, that is something really enjoyable uh, any time of the year, but you have also Ergo Suom, that is something that is much more complex, much more round, and it, it is able uh, to go during the years, even in bottles. So it is uh, something really uh, interesting. And uh, this is really a, a pleasant, a pleasant. Uh, uh, tasting. Actually, I think that's a very good point you make, Mauro, the, that um, we don't tend to think of Italian whites generally as white wines to, that improve or evolve with age, although there are, of course, some very notable exceptions. And Verdicchio is one of those, when it's made in this more concentrated form that has extract and concentration of flavor, um, good acidity, of course, being important for white wines at age. And I think, uh, you know, we've um, certainly outside of Italy are more familiar with drinking Verdicchio as a fresher style of wine. And it's very important to appreciate and enjoy this this uh, more important style, perhaps we shall say, and a style that goes really well with this cuisine, the Vinci's Grassi, or with the seafood, 
or perhaps with dishes such as coniglio in porchetta, for example. Or... Right. Or, or coniglio, coniglio with pistachio. This is an, uh, another... Oh, I've not had that. Tell me about that. An additional one that is really... It is a sort of roll uh, of rabbit meat uh, with some spices in it. And then the additional uh, part is the pistachio. That is creating a sort of crust outside the. Oh my goodness, that sounds fabulous! Uh, the rabbit roll that is cooked in uh, in oven, it is amazing. Really, really, it is amazing because it it it, it has um, you know it, it brings uh, uh, from one side the taste of the um, uh, the animal you know for for the rabbit, but it is also delicate meat. It is not a, a tough and important taste of meat, uh, and at the same time. Uh, the, the features and the, uh, the characteristics of uh, yeah. pistachio are marrying in a fantastic way together. It is really impressive. So, uh, you know, the, this is one of the characteristics of Italy because there are so many uh, preparations, dishes that uh, comes from the tradition and some other times it is also the, the homemade cuisine. But it is always a wonderful experience because you can taste a lot of other uh, varieties. For example, for the verdicchio, at the very beginning, we were saying uh, you were talking about the fish brodetto. It is something unbelievable, but it is uh, made with the, with the fish, so with cuttlefish, mullet, uh, uh, monkfish, uh, cold, uh, squid, and there are so many others, mussels, weavers. Uh, there are so many uh, other kind of fishes that are uh, used for preparing such a uh, fantastic uh, dish uh, with tomato sauce, with uh, garlic. So it, it is really, uh, you, sh you should try them all. <laughs> Actually, that's good advice. I think for people to really appreciate how wonderful Le Marche is in the area of the Castelli Diesi going down to Ancona, this important fishing port. Uh, it's important to visit and to really settle into an area and, and eat and drink as a way of understanding a culture and a place. Yes, exactly. And um, in addition to that, just to, to add a sort of poetic uh, topic, the Vallesina, the, the the valley where the Mirizzi estate is uh is being cultivated, is a a valley that is a secluded, a sort of reserved or hidden land, and it is an area that since there is a very little anthropies that I was telling you earlier, it is a place where soul and nature are really closely re related. So you can get into this wonderful place. Uh, and uh, you just have to uh, take out all your all your stress. So it is also a way to uh, regenerate yourself. Then there are the the landscape is uh, really fantastic because it is so sweet. So all these eels start going towards gently going towards the sea. You see also the sea uh, from the top of these eels. So it is a really a, a poetic landscape, and it has a lot of beauty. Uh, a lot of story, even the people is, uh, is so so unique. And then this land that unfolds between ancient villages, fortresses, mountains of the sea, uh, cultivated fields, uh, and rolling hills. So it is really uh, a fantastic place. Uh, Italy, as well as a lot of other places, are also other regions are uh, uh, such a um, you know features of combining. 
the beautiful landscape, the history, and the traditions, uh, also for, for the cuisine and tradition. So uh, you will never uh, get enough of uh, uh, experiencing uh, uh, our way and our gastronomic culture. Well, I think that's right. I think, uh, and you've uh, certainly made us all want to pack our bags and, and come over to Le Marche and to Merizzi immediately. It sounds like just a magical place uh, where magical wines are being made. Mauro, you've been a great uh, ambassador for Monte Capone and Merizzi, but also for Le Marche and and giving us a real picture of, of where this special award-winning wine, Ergo, uh, comes from. So thank you very much Super. for being thank my you. guest today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Mark. There are so many other things to, uh, to, to say about the, the Monte Capone winery because of its wines. There are so many others that are really super enjoyable from the Utopia, that is a, a Reserva Classico uh, Verdicchio. Uh, there's also a blend that is uh, amazing, that is the Tabano. Uh, it is uh, made with uh, Verdicchio, partially Sauvignon and partially with Moscato. It is another really masterpiece. Oh, I'm going to have to come over and, and sample these wines with you myself, and I look forward to it. You should, because, and also that uh, our, uh, our listeners uh, are invited to, because there are so many interesting uh, pr- products to, to taste, and also a Grenache that is amazing. It is really amazing. That's a, that's a good point then, that visitors are invited to visit Monte Capone and discover all of these wonderful things for themselves. And I urge people to visit Le Marche. It's a part of Italy that is still undiscovered in many ways. And these small hidden valleys are, that are so unique and have so much to offer are really, really special. So thank you very much, Mauro. I hope to meet you and visit uh, myself and see this wonderful estate. Thank you very much for being my guest. Yeah, you're, you are very welcome. Thank you. And everybody is very welcome because it is such a, a wonderful place uh, where to, to spend a few hours or a day while tasting the, Great. our wines. Thank you very much for your invitation. Thank you very much. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.